Shalom mishpacha. Shalom family. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the mishpacha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people. We're the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, mishpacha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Well, my guest is a board member and has been on several times uh, a Messianic vision, Pastor Keenan Bridges. And uh, Keenan, there's an aspect of your life we have never talked about that is going to affect every single person that is listening to us, it either affects them now or will affect them, or they would have a loved one that is affected now or will be affected in the future. And that has to do with the whole subject of deliverance. I recently, uh, just before Bob Jones, the prophet, went to heaven, I I was at uh, Rick Joyner's 30th anniversary for ministry and I sat next to him at a table And there was a young woman uh, that uh, her mother knew me and brought her up. And she uh, was afflicted by a demon in a very bad way. And he prayed for her. And then he looked over at me, Kenan, and he said, Sid, what you saw done here, the average Christian is going to have to know how to do it. With the increase in immorality, with the increase of the new age, uh, with the increase of lawlessness, with the increase of, uh, of what Hollywood is doing and what television is doing, so many of the young people are getting either demonized or oppressed by demons. Uh, And that's going to be just as in the first church, it was standard. It's going to be standard today. And that's why I'm so grateful for your brand new book and four CD tape series called Kingdom Authority, Taking Dominion Over the Powers of Darkness. Now, I want to take you back as a young man, uh, you really realized you were not alone. Comment on that. Well, it's an amazing thing. I got saved. Actually, I was saved at the age of nine. I professed Christ the first time. But the problem was I didn't have any teaching, any any mentorship or discipleship. So it was about at the age of 15. It was in the 90s at the time, and I I, uh, got born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, you got you got a fifteen year jump on me, Keenan. I was thirty, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew there was a devil, but I didn't understand spiritual warfare at all. I had no understanding of spiritual warfare. And the most eerie thing happened one night. I was sleeping in my bed, and I felt a dark presence in my room. It was evil. It was horrific. And this presence that hovered over me began to seize my body. I couldn't speak. I couldn't move. And it was as if someone was putting an instrument, a sharp instrument, through my ear. And it it literally went on for minutes. And all of a sudden, there was a release. My heart was pounding. I'm sweating. And all I could do was run. I just jumped out of my bed. I ran out. I ran into my parents' bedroom. And I thought, there's only one solution to this problem. Never go to sleep again. 
<laughs> I think you would have eventually had a problem, but go ahead. <laughs> you know, but as I, as, I, as I thought about it, I said, my God, I don't know what that was. And I didn't know really how to express it. My father wasn't a believer at the time, so he would have thought I was crazy. And I went to my pastor, and he told me a word I had never heard before, oppression. He said, what you experience is something called demonic oppression. I had no idea what that was. I never heard of that before. And he told me, I want you to anoint your bedroom and, and just plead the blood of Jesus. And I did that. And for a time, it subsided. And you know, Sid, the thing is, many people have gone through this, whether they are Sunday school teachers, pastors in the corporate world. Satan is an equal opportunity oppressor. He really doesn't care who you are or your gender or your social status. He really attempts to subjugate God's people to fear. And that's what happened to me. I didn't realize it, but something happened one night as uh, this episode transpired again. Right before I was about to be water baptized, I had this horrific experience where I was being suffocated in my sleep. Every time I tried to speak, bubbles literally came out like I was underwater. Now, that was, I believe, for two reasons. One, Satan wanted me to be afraid of being baptized. And the second one, he was really just trying to kill me so that I couldn't enter into my destiny. And uh, John 10, 10 tells us that. It says, the thief comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so what I did, Sid, I screamed at the top of my lungs, Jesus, Jesus. And the more I screamed it, the more it was able to come out. And finally, I screamed out and Literally, I was yelling at level 10 the name Jesus. I'm sure. <laughs> and my father heard me. He says, what, what are you talking about? And I said, ah, you know, I'm breathing hard, and I came out of it. Now, I would have preferred not to have had that experience, but the good part was I realized something in that moment. I said, I have authority over the enemy. And the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus is the key. And, I, man, I was blown away. And Sid, I realized in that moment that the name of Jesus carries inside of it the sovereign power of heaven. The name of Jesus literally carries the sovereign power of heaven. When we use the name of Jesus authentically and we have a relationship with the one upon whom we are calling, we can dispel the darkness in any area of our life and we can experience total freedom. When you use his name correctly, every demon has to flee. Well, since that time, you've really dedicated yourself to helping people be free of these strongholds in their life, things like fear and uh, depression and lust and sickness and poverty, uh, addictions such as pornography, all types of sexual addictions, nightmares, uh, all of these things are, have demonic roots, uh, and most people they don't have a clue, do they? And in fact, I have to believe, Kenan, that where it says in the Bible, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, that's what the devil's biggest desire is, destroy. Absolutely. And you know, the amazing part about it, Sid, is that anywhere you go throughout the world, people can identify with this. I was recently in England, and we were ministering 
to people from all over the world, from New Zealand, from Brussels, Belgium, from Africa, people from every walk of life and every ethnicity represented. And you would be amazed at how many believers have battled things like anxiety attacks or nightmares. And many of them have dealt with it for years, so much so that what they've what they've basically done is coped with their struggles or coped with oppression, but they haven't experienced lasting freedom from it. In fact, what the devil often does, Sid, is he tries to convince his victims, and I use the word victim loosely, but he tries to convince those he is attacking or oppressing that, number one, that what they're experiencing is normal, number two, that what they are experiencing is unchangeable, and number three, that what they are going through is something that is unbreakable, and that's the deception. Remember, the power of the enemy is in deception, and his deception is to make us believe that he's more powerful than God, that he has more powerful than has more power than we have. But when I when I experienced that freedom, and like you said, God commissioned me. In fact, the Lord spoke these words to me, Sid, and they were very profound. He said to me, He said, "Tell my church." that it's time to take a stand against the evil one because our breakthrough has been confined for too long. Tell my church that it's time to take a stand. You know, in every area of society, Satan, like an octopus, has had his tentacles. And it's time, I believe, Sid, for the church to rise up. You made a statement earlier about the evil abounding in the land. Well, you know, that's prophecy. And it tells in the book of Timothy, it tells in the book of Revelation, the Bible, the Bible says in Revelation that the dragon has been cast to the ground with great raft because he has but a short time. So Satan has a measure of power that he has exploited because he knows that his time is at hand. But guess what, Sid? The church is more powerful than the devil. And we need not fear. We only need to exercise the dominion and authority God's given us. You you know, what would you say to someone that is listening and saying, I agree what Pastor Keenan is talking about, but I'm flat afraid of demons and the devil. I'm fearful. What would you say to them? Ah, I have a better idea. Tell me about that vision you had where you saw that amazing angel. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. You know, uh, I was praying one day and meditating in my, my room, as I do often, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit opened my eyes, and it was like an open vision. And in this vision, because I had been praying to experience more angelic visitations and more, more experiences of that nature, and in this vision... I saw a huge, massive, angelic being. He was about 10 or more feet tall. His chest span alone was about 6 feet tall. His legs were, the only way I could describe it were, were the size of tree trunks. He had on chain mail armor and a golden crown upon his head and a breastplate and a golden shield and sword. I mean, he was magnificent. That's the only word I can use to describe him, magnificent. And I thought to myself, my goodness, that, that, that's an amazing looking angel. And I told him, I said, wow, Lord, is that, 
is that an archangel or something like that? And the Lord told me the exact opposite of what I was thinking, Sin. He told me, actually, that's you. <laughs> what, did, what do you mean? He said, from my vantage point, Kenan, you are a spiritual giant. Now, this lines up with Scripture, Sid. This is not just in my imagination. The Bible tells us that we are kings and priests. And the word king is one who exercises dominion. Literally, in the spiritual realm, Sid, we are spiritual giants endued with divine power. But if the devil can convince a believer to believe they are a pauper instead of a prince, they will live as a pauper even though they have all the equipment and resources of a king. And this is the devil's scheme. So I would say to that person that don't believe the lie of the devil. In fact, I, when I grew up in the culture I came up in, there was a lot of superstition and fear of the devil, and we were taught to fear Satan. And Satan loves that because he knows that you can never take authority over something or someone that you fear. So that's the game, is to keep us afraid. But when we cast off fear and we cast off the darkness, then and only then we'll be able to take dominion in every area of our lives. And there's someone listening right now that's battling depression, Sid. And I want to tell them right now in Jesus' name that your breakthrough is here. All you need to do is step out and receive it. The power of the Holy Spirit inside of you is greater than any depression that you face in your life. Receive it now in the name of Yeshua. Kenan, I am so excited to be making available your brand new book. In fact, it's only available for a while, for a season, through us. It's called Kingdom Authority taking dominion over the powers of darkness and a four CD teaching series. And I'm so excited about the, the CD teaching series because one of the CDs is being made so that if you need deliverance, it's self-deliverance step by step. But then you can just take this CD and give it to a young person or an older person that needs deliverance, and they can go through self-deliverance. I, I think it's very important, Kenan, that you establish the answer to this question. Half the Christians believe a Christian cannot have a demon. Half the Christians believe a Christian can have a demon. What do you say? Well, that's a very interesting uh, statement because— that has been debate, debated for years. In fact, in the, in the early 80s and, and 90s, it's interesting that most of the people who propagated the belief that Christians could not have demons have moral failures. And it's interesting. That is. It's very interesting because the devil doesn't want you to know he's there. I, I call it the disappearing act. <laughs> you know, Satan is like Harry Houdini who in the 1900s was a famous illusionist and magician. And what Harry Houdini would do is he, one of his famous acts was called the disappearing elephant or the vanishing elephant. And he was in a hippodrome in New York, and he, he was basically trying to do something that had never been done before, to make an eight-foot, several-ton elephant disappear before an audience of 5,000 people. Now, that's not even possible. But what he did, he put the elephant inside of this, closet-like uh, structure, and it was an optical illusion. 
So when he removed the curtains or the veil, it seemed as if the elephant had disappeared, when in fact the elephant was there the whole time. And that's really Satan's game, Sid, is that he wants Christians to ignore the elephant in the room, the elephant of oppression. Now let me say that this is so important theologically. A Christian, when we're born again, the Holy Spirit resides in our spirit. This is what Jesus taught us. A man must be born again. It tells us over there in Second. So, so that begs the question, how could a demon cohabit with the Holy Spirit in their spirit? That, 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 that's a good question, and here's the answer. We are new creations via the Holy Spirit. The Spirit lives in, inside of us. So a Christian cannot be possessed in their spirit. Your spirit, man, is in the image of Jesus. He's perfect. He, he loves God. But the problem is our soul or our fleshly realm. You know, in our soul, in our emotions, in our mind, there can still be demonic activity. For example, you know, people may argue whether Christians can be oppressed by demons or possessed by demons. Again, Christians can't be possessed by a demon because possession implies ownership. But they can be oppressed. Let me give you an example. How many Christians do we know that deal with insomnia? How many Christians do we know that deal with uh, chronic illnesses and diseases? How many pastors and leaders in the church are addicted to pornography? Clearly, these things are of a satanic origin. We can't argue that. But the argument is designed to distract us from the problem. Uh, You know, most cancer is caused in its origin from demons. So if a Christian believes they cannot be oppressed by a spirit of infirmity, they then would not cast that demon of cancer out, so the devil gets us coming and going. That's right. And here's the thing. We are not suggesting that Christians become obsessed with demons. You know, I'm not asking people to rebuke demons out of their Starbucks coffee or to cast devils out of their engine. You know, just take it to the mechanic. That should suffice. But what I'm saying is that there is demonic activity that we need to address, and God's given us the power to address it. And until the church eyes are open, you know, and this is why I believe, Sid, that in this season prophetically, what you're seeing is that God is releasing a discernment of spirits on a level that we've never seen before. And not only that, I, I believe that in the old days, they, they used to pray for people to be delivered and they could spend 10 hours casting demons out of people. One Christian that knows their authority, it'll be almost instant because of the anointing that's coming on planet Earth. I believe that 100%. I believe that God is releasing an anointing for deliverance and breakthrough that the world has never even seen before. I believe, Sid, that things that people have dealt with for years and for generations are going to be released. They're going to be set free of instantly when people get the revelation of who they are in Christ. Kenan, our time is slipping away, but I want to get his brand new book, We're the Only Place You Can Get It At, and his four CDs, including the CD on self-deliverance for an investment of $45. Why do I say investment? Because any profits and anything extra you put in with this gift will be poured into Jewish ministry. And uh, Kenan, you were with us on our Israel trip when 
uh, there were 250 unsaved Jewish people in the auditorium, of which the majority stood up and professed faith in Jesus. Yes, amazing. And uh, you were not with me recently when 500 unsaved Jewish people were in an auditorium. And I would say, well, it was actually 550, and I'd say about 525 just instantly stood up and made Jesus their Messiah and Lord. Your money will be poured into Jewish evangelism. And when we come back, I want you to answer the question because it is key that people understand this. Who do you think you are? Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. Sid Roth here with Keenan Bridges. And uh, uh, Keenan, I promised people that, uh, and this is so important, that you would address the question, who do you think you are? You know, Sid, several years ago, when I was a very young believer and was not as proficient in spiritual warfare or deliverance as I am today, I had an encounter that really reshaped my life and rocked my world, to tell you the truth. And I was in school, and a friend of mine called me and said, I, I want to come talk with you. And I had a, another friend that was staying with me at the time. And when this friend called me, his voice was different. Something was wrong. I knew I discerned that something was wrong. It was a dark, a darkness that I perceived over the phone. And shortly after he arrived at my home, my apartment at the time, and, and uh, of course I'm single and married at this time, and, and he says, I want to talk with you. And there's a darkness I feel all over him. And he he begins to manifest, and if you've ever seen the movie Alice in Wonderland, there was a person, a character called the Cheshire Cat, and he literally began to contort, and his face turned into the grimace of the Cheshire Cat. It was the most disturbing thing you've ever seen. And he looks at me, and he comes close to my face, and he says, who do you think you are? And I... You know, Satan is a liar, but sometimes even his lies, his lies that he tells point to a greater truth, a question behind a question. And that question changed my life. Sid. He said, who do you think you are? Or the spirit inside of him, rather, said, who do you think you are? And that question sparked something inside of me. And all I knew to respond with is this, these words, I am a child of God. And he comes closer and he says, I could rip you apart. Now, this guy was about 250 pounds, a martial artist. I mean, he really could accomplish his threat. And instead of fear, something inside of me rose up because I wanted to run. But something inside of me rose up and I said, Satan, you can't hurt me. I'm a child of God. In the name of Jesus, I command these wicked spirits, these demons to come out of you right now in Jesus' name. And after a few moments, he began to shake violently, and he hit the ground. Boom! It was almost like an earthquake underneath my feet. Seconds later, he got up. He was completely free and, and back into his right mind. But that question changed my life because that is the key to experience breakthrough, knowing who we are in Christ, our identity. The problem, Sid, is that the majority of the church is in an identity crisis. 
most believers or most Christians or people who go to church believe that they are their circumstances. They believe that they are their addictions. They are their struggles. And it is that identity crisis that gives rise to demonic oppression. But the moment we realize who we are in Christ is the moment we can begin to release the kingdom authority God has given us. Why? Because who we are or our identity is the carrier of our authority. You know what comes to me, the scripture, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Are you agreeing with the identity that is put upon you by the devil, or are you agreeing with the identity that Jesus is living inside of you? That's right. I mean, think about this for a second. Homosexuality, sexual perversion. What is the deception there? The, even embracing the term homosexual is a part of the, the enemy's plan because he wants people to believe that they are their desires instead of putting the desires under the blood of Jesus and allowing our spirit man to take control versus our flesh. And this is the key. I have ministered to thousands of people and seen thousands set free of things that society said, psychologists said, doctors said, they could never be set free of, Sid. But I'm, I'm telling in fact, I feel this, I need to share this. Uh, the Lord gave me a vision. In fact, I don't know whether it was a vision or not, but we were praying one night, and I had this encounter where it's as if I left wherever I was, the, that church sanctuary, and all of a sudden, instantly, as I closed my eyes, I was in the courtyard of heaven. It was actually a beautiful courtyard with golden pillars, a floor made of pearl, the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Now, adjacent to this courtyard was a throne room. Now, I didn't see Jesus in this vision, or, and I didn't see God, but there were other people there with me, uh, other angels and so forth. And all of a sudden, there was oil that began to run down from the throne, and it saturated the courtyard, and my feet were covered. And I heard the Lord say, I am purifying my church. And instantly, boom, I'm back inside of my body. I'm back in that sanctuary. And I began to ponder that. And I was speaking with a friend of mine. And we were talking about what this really meant. And through this conversation, the Lord revealed to me that what God is doing, Sid, is he is releasing from his throne an anointing that is going to restore the foundations of the body of Christ and bring the church back into her kingdom identity. And once that happens, Sid, we're going to see miracles that we've never seen before. We're going to see the church return to the book of Acts. And what happened in the book of Acts? The blind eyes were opened, the lepers were cleansed, demons were cast out. This is what Jesus commanded us to do. But we can't do it unless we know who we are and whose we are. You know, I believe there's an identity crisis among Christians, and therefore an identity crisis even in the church. What does our birthright as born-again believers entitle us to? You know, this is an amazing thing. If you study the book of Ephesians, one of the most beautiful books in the Bible, sometimes the most difficult to understand, but packed with more revelation than you can imagine. In Ephesians 1, it tells us that we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. The Greek word eulogia, which is analogous 
and synonymous with the birthright in the Hebraic tradition. You know, I love studying Hebrew roots and, and understanding the foundations of our faith in, in the Messiah, Jesus. And one of the things that was prevalent throughout the Old Testament and even prevalent today is the idea of a blessing, an oral blessing. You know, the birthright was given to the eldest son in the home to carry on the lineage, the covenant, and even the physical resources of the home. You know, even in uh, the Jewish custom today, we have bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs that are designed to bless. It's a, it's a coming of age. It is coming into your manhood or your womanhood and receiving the blessing of the elders of the community. Well, guess what, Sid? The same thing happened through Jesus Christ. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, the Father spoke to him and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. He started his ministry with the birthright blessing of the Father. And when Jesus went to the cross, died and resurrected, he gave the church a birthright. He blessed us. He spoke well of us. And this is our inheritance. In other words, this birthright, Sid, gives us access to all of the heavenly resources that God has made available. We are co-heirs or we are joint heirs with Jesus. We literally have heaven waiting in our beckoning call. Now, I want people to let that sink in. The next time they have a nightmare or the next time they feel sickness in their body or the next time they're tempted to fear, I want them to think about the magnanimous birthright that God has given us. It is mind-boggling to think about the fact that the Father in heaven calls us blessed. The creator of the universe calls us his blessed sons and daughters, which means there is nothing that we don't have access to. There's nothing that we can't walk in. God wants to give us all that he has. Everything we have, everything he has is ours in Christ as we surrender ourselves to this kingdom identity. I tell you, rights that you don't know you have, Sid, are rights that you don't know how to fight for. Before you can fight for something, you've got to know what you're entitled to, and it's time for the church to realize what she is really entitled to. You talk about four strategies of the devil. Tell me those four. Now, this is so important for people to understand, because if you don't understand the strategies of the enemy, you know, I'm often reminded of Napoleon Bonaparte, and nothing against him, but he was a, a brilliant military strategist in the late 1700s, 1800s, and, and he was able to conquer so many nations and kingdoms. That little small island of that little small uh, landmass called France was able to be a powerhouse because of military strategy. In the same way, Satan, though he is, I call him um, a wimp, <laughs> he is extremely intelligent in terms of military strategy. So there are four strategies. But, 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 but aren't you fearful to call Satan a wimp? You know, I'm actually not. I'm going to tell you why. I learned this from Smith Wigglesworth. You know, the story goes that Smith Wigglesworth, late one night, I heard a rumbling in his apartment or his, uh, his flat in England. And, uh, you know, he felt that something was going on downstairs. So he walked downstairs, and literally, as the story goes, Satan was standing in his living room. And Smith Wigglesworth kind of removed some of the cold from his eyes, and he looked at him, and he says, Oh, it's just you. I'm going back to bed. He went back to sleep. And I believe it's the same thing. You know, he only has these four... Is that what the Bible means when it says, give no place to the devil? 
give no place to him. You know, I want you to think about something, Sid. When Jesus walked the earth and demons were present, for example, the gathering demoniac, this man was said to have a legion of demons inside of him. A legion in Roman culture was between seven and 10,000 Roman soldiers. So I want you to think about this. This man had up to 10,000 demons inside of him at the same time. And yet the Bible says that immediately when the man saw Jesus, he fell to the ground and worshiped him and said, and the demon said, have mercy on us. Have you come hmm. to torment us before the time? And when's the last time you've seen that in the church service? When's the last time? Well, when's the last time you saw a deliverance period in a church service? <laughs> and that's the paradigm we're returning to, where we no longer fear Satan. Sid, I want to release an impartation of the power and anointing of God, the authority of God, to where, the, where Satan can take, can take the back seat that he deserves. We need to put him in the outhouse and drive him out of our family, our finances, our fellowships, our ministries, our lives, our mind, our emotions, our physical bodies. And I believe this is the key. You know, Satan can only do four things. The first thing he does is he tries to tempt the people of God. You know, temptation means that he tries to take desires, twist them, and draw us away into sin. That's what he did to Eve in the Garden of Eden. That's what he tried to do to Jesus in the Gospel of Luke chapter 4 when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness. But the way to overcome temptation is the same way Jesus overcame temptation, with the Word of God. The Bible tells us in Revelation that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Number two, second thing the devil tries to do is deceive us and you know, Jesus understood this. He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. In other words, what does truth do? Truth breaks the power of deception. You know, I was traveling to Sierra Leone. I was in Freetown, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, this is amazing. He said, Kenan, I have granted unto you the mantle of truth. And he said that the mantle of truth is the key to releasing miracle anointing. And I said, God, what do you mean? He said, when Jesus walked the earth, he was releasing truth to my people, and it was the power of the truth that set them free. And in the same way, it's the power of the truth that breaks the power of deception. Every area of bondage in a person's life is connected to a lie they have believed about God themselves or others. So the key to freedom is receiving the truth. Once you know the truth, once you intimately are acquainted with the truth, and that truth becomes revelatory, experiential. When that happens, Sid, it drives out the lies that keep God's people bound. Tell me the other strategies of the devil. Number three is distraction. You know, Satan is interesting. If you remember uh, when Moses went to go see Pharaoh, who was a type of Satan in the, in the Old Testament, Pharaoh represented Lucifer or a Luciferian spirit. And when Moses confronted a Pharaoh in the book of Exodus, the Bible says that he came to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And when Pharaoh really refused, Moses put his staff down and his staff became a serpent. This was the sign that God gave Moses to give to, to Pharaoh. After this, Pharaoh tried to imitate that miracle and put down uh, staffs that also became serpents through his magicians. Well, guess what? The serpent of God, or the staff of Moses, consumed or devoured the serpents of the enemy. 
Now, what's the point in that? Those serpents manifesting from Pharaoh were a sideshow to take the attention off of the power of God. And it's the same way that the enemy operates. He's always trying to take our mind and our attention off of God. He does it through fear. He does it through anxiety. He does it through sickness. These are all distractions. And that's why the Bible tells us to give him no place. And the fourth area is oppression. You know, once Satan can't effectively tempt a believer, once a, a Satan can't effectively deceive a believer, and he can't effectively distract a believer, he throws a temper tantrum, and he tries to oppress the believer. Now, we see this in the book of Acts, where Herod began to stretch forth his hands and to vex the church. He actually killed a James, the brother of Jesus, and was attempting to do the same thing to Peter. He put Peter in prison. But the church had enough revelation to understand that we're not going to tolerate the, the oppression of the devil. We're not going to allow the enemy to control us. And they stood their ground. You know, Satan's a bully. And I tell you, the only way to get rid of a bully is to stand your ground. Don't give in to him. And when you, te- when you show the devil that you're not going to lay down and play dead, he realizes that he needs to find another party to go to because this party is no longer happening anymore. Uh, you can tell, as Kenan Bridges is teaching you right now, he's not a normal teacher. He has such deep insight. He studies the Hebrew roots uh, 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 of the scriptures, and his insight, I believe, is very supernatural. I believe that when you sit under his teaching, be it the four CDs or be it the brand new book, Kingdom Authority, which will be the only ones you can get it through for a short season, that it's going to dramatically impact your life. Why? Because he not only teaches from Scripture, but he teaches from firsthand experience. He talks about the difference between your own thoughts and the devil's thoughts. He shows how the devil plants these thoughts inside of you. He'll teach you how to develop your spiritual skills so that you'll be a winner in every arena. And then perhaps the best part of your uh, book, Kenan, is the powerful prayers over darkness that are biblical. God doesn't want you to just coexist over those what you consider those things you're stuck with as a human. No, no, no. I just wish I had this book 40 years ago when I was tackling uh, the demonic realm. I didn't know where to go, who to talk to. All I knew was there's greater power in the name of Jesus than all the demons in hell. But I could have avoided years of struggling. So, I want you to get the four CD series, and one of them is a self-deliverance CD. You can take this and play it for a friend of yours, and they can get free. But I would urge them to read the book because Keenan goes point by point by point, and you will have your foundation so shored up that the devil not only is going to flee, as it says in the Greek, as in terror— but you'll become his worst nightmare. So, the four CD series, the book Kingdom Authority, 
available for investment of $45. And again, why do I say investment? Well, let me tell you something that I, I just got a, a text message on. A friend of mine that lives in Israel is going to a major gathering of Jewish people. He said there'll be 10,000 Israeli Jews there, and he's going to pass out a flyer about our television show, It's Supernatural. Now, It's Supernatural is not just in English. It's in English. It's in Hebrew. Uh, it's in Arabic, and it's in Russian. And we're on the air. Literally, we're taking over the airwaves of Israel because I believe the greatest revival the world has ever seen is about ready to happen in Israel. And I believe the scripture that says the word of the Lord will go out from Zion, that's the way it started, and that's the way it's going to finish. Now, when we come back, I want you to get more of this teaching and understanding from Kenan, because the more you understand your kingdom identity, it'll be impossible for the devil to put any foothold and lying symptoms upon you. You'll, you'll just start laughing. Be right back. Call our order only line, 1-800-447-2697. Sid Roth here with Pastor Keenan Bridges. And uh, Keenan, you teach on the ever-expanding kingdom of God. And I love that. Uh, Tell us what you mean by that. You know, Jesus said in the Gospels of Matthew, he said that in that day they shall say, Lo here, lo there, but behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Paul tells us in the book of Romans that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. He also tells us that the kingdom of God is not mere words, but power. Now, what does all of this mean? You know, scientists have explained something called the oscillating universe theory. And what that means is that from the moment of creation, when God said, let there be light, the universe has continued to expand. Well, guess what? In the same way, the kingdom of God is ever-expanding. The, the idea of, in the mind of God is that when we receive the kingdom, as we become born again by the Holy Spirit, that the kingdom of God begins to expand within us. You know, in physics, they have something called the exclusion principle, which means that two objects can't basically occupy the same space at the same time. And basically what happens is, in the same way spiritually, the Holy Spirit and fear are not meant to occupy the same space. So the more we yield to the Spirit of God, the more we yield to the Word of God, which is the government of God. Even throughout the Old Testament, the Torah was the government of God. So as we yield to the government of God, His constitution, the kingdom power and influence within us expands. And the more it expands it, the more it drives out oppressive things, things that are not like the kingdom, out of our soulish realm. In other words, depression, fear, anxiety. The more you yield to the Word of God and allow the Word of God to occupy territory inside of your being, the more that Word drives out the darkness out of your life. And I tell you, this is one of the most powerful revelations I've ever experienced. Because 
as we as we grow in the things of God, the Bible says from faith to faith, from glory to glory. So the more we uh, grow up in the things of God, the more the kingdom of God should be prevalent and pervasive inside of us. You know, so many Christians have been saved for 20 years, and they still deal with the same things. They still deal with the same addictions. They still deal with the same bitterness and resentment. And the reason why, Sid, is because they have not allowed the kingdom to occupy their lives. Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, his right way of doing things. And all these things shall be added unto you. I remember praying one day, and the Lord spoke to me. And I, I Well, two things I'll give you. One, I asked God, I said, God, why do people still, why are people still bound? Why are people still sick? I was frustrated. So I said, I just don't understand. I mean, man, all over the world, I hear the same thing. Oh, uh, the devil's attacking me. My devil's attacking my mind, my finances. Uh, I'm battling sickness all over the world, no matter how long they've been saved. And I said, God, why? And the Lord says that people are not submitting to my kingdom. He said they want their deliverance. But this is, hear this, Sid. He said, but I cannot deliver anyone that will not come under my lordship. I cannot deliver any person that refuses to accept my lordship. In other words, my way of doing things. So someone could be born again, but not completely under the lordship of Jesus? Is that what you're saying? That's true. Yes, absolutely. A person can have professed Christ profess Yeshua as their Lord, but not really submitting themselves to his lordship. And as a result, they're opening their souls to demonization. Their spirit may be saved, but their soul is bound because they have not allowed the kingdom influence to permeate every fiber of their life. So, as you put it, submission releases the authority and power of heaven in our lives. Absolutely. Now, and this is so key. Because um, I was driving down the street one day, and the Holy Spirit and I, we have conversations all the time. One of the things he asked me, he said, Kenan, what's Revelation? I said, well, hey, I know this one. I probably read this before. So I just, I just uh, you know, rattled off some, some technical definition. I said, you know, Revelation is when you have understanding, you have this and that. And then the Holy Spirit asked me a question I didn't know the answer to. He said, how do you know you have revelation? And I paused. And then the Holy Spirit said this, said, I want the listeners to hear this clearly. He said, when everything changes. When we have a real revelation of Jesus, a real revelation of who we are, a real revelation of our kingdom identity, it brings change and transformation to every area of your life. That's how you know you have revelation because you can't encounter Jesus and remain the same. You can't encounter your true identity and remain the same. And so Satan is always trying to block us from the revelation of Jesus Christ. But Sid, I believe that right now there is a roaring coming from the throne of heaven. There is a release of an anointing. I feel the anointing right now by the Holy Ghost. There's a release of an anointing that is restoring the body of Christ 
to her true foundations. Gone are the times of powerless Christianity. Gone are the times where we will be victims in our minds and in our souls, but we're going to fulfill the mandate given to man in Genesis 1.26, which says, let them have dominion in the earth. God has called the body of Yeshua to take dominion in the earth. And we exercise this dominion in the spiritual realm. We exercise this dominion over demons. We exercise this dominion over poverty and sickness. And we are to occupy the territory of the earth until Yeshua comes back. Because guess what? He's not coming back for paupers. He's not coming back for a bride that is blemished. But he's coming back for a glorious, victorious church, a victorious bride without spot or blemish. And so it's time for us to take up the mantle of authority that he's given us and stop allowing fear to intimidate us. And, and, Sid, can I do this right now? I feel this by the whole Go for it. There's someone listening who has been battling with sexual addiction. Let me tell you something. As I count to three, you're going to be completely set free. One, two, three. Go and sin no more. You're healed. You're delivered right now. There's another person with cancer. Right as I'm speaking, those cancers' growth are dissolving on your body. There's another person that's been dealing with nightmares for the past 15 years. And I'm telling you, tonight you're going to have the sweetest sleep you've ever experienced in your life. In the powerful, matchless name of Yeshua, Sid, I'm telling you, when people get this, they're going to be set free instantly. I don't care how long they've been bound. I don't care how long they've been to AA meetings, how long they've been receiving psychological counseling. When they get this kingdom identity in their spirit, they're going to be set free from the grip of Satan. And guess what else? Now they're going to go and set other people free in Jesus' name. Can we really live the way Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we live on earth as it is in heaven? We can. Not only can we, but we must. Let me tell you something. The dark times that we're living in, Sid, the perversion in society, the perversion in the government, God is raising up a remnant of people who are going to release heaven on earth so that the atmosphere of the earth is subdued by the culture of heaven. Everywhere we go, that's the purpose of this message, so that we can be more than conquerors. You know, the Bible says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So we know through the word of God that God has given us a surpassing victory through Yeshua, who enables us through the power of his love to overcome any circumstance, any affliction, any attack that comes against our lives. And there's a whole army, Sid, even while I'm talking right now, all over the world that are being raised up, and they're going to take up fiery swords. <laughs> I feel this by the Holy Spirit. Fiery swords. And they're going to dismantle piece by piece the kingdom of the enemy that has been so prevalent in the earth today. And I, gonna, it's going to usher in the second coming of Yeshua. You know, I was so taken by your your uh, vision of an angel and what Jesus told you about that angel, I would love you to explain that again, because I believe there are people that, that their whole life is going to be impacted by that vision. You know, in this vision that I mentioned earlier, 
I saw this powerful angelic being. I thought, my God, he he didn't look. He didn't have an ounce of fear inside of him. Said his eyes were piercing. His visage was pure strength and power. His very presence was intimidating. The sword alone was almost the size of his entire body. He was eight to ten feet tall, a massive creature with a crown upon his head. He was regal and powerful at the same time. And I said, God, this is, must be one of your mighty archangels, maybe Gabriel, maybe Michael. And, the, and, and, and Jesus spoke to me, and he said, no, that's you, Kenan. That's you. But not only was that me, Sid, that's our listeners as well. They are not weaklings. They are not victims, but they are princes and kings that have been endued with mighty power. And they don't have to tolerate what the devil is doing again. They just need to remove their sword from its sheath and swing the sword of the spirit to any area of bondage in their lives. And they're going to experience freedom. Your children can be set free. Your grandchildren can be set free. Your coworkers can be delivered from spirits of oppression, from sickness, from perversion. It doesn't matter what it is. We are mighty kings and priests in the earth. This is what the Bible says. He's made us kings and priests unto our God through the blood of Yeshua. Sid, I feel really good saying that. That just sounds so good to me. I'm, I'm feeling the glory of God, but uh, I, I'll tell you, as I've read your teaching, as I've heard your teaching, it does something. It lets us absolutely know uh, that uh, who we are. It, we no longer have an identity crisis. We no longer have to just live with it. We can be free. And that's why I want to get his brand new book. Well, we ha- we're the only ones you can get it through at this moment. Kingdom Authority, the subtitle, Taking Dominion Over the Powers of Darkness and the four CD teaching series of which one is a CD that will be self-deliverance for you or anyone you know in the future that will need this. And trust me, there's going to be millions of people that will be knocking on your door. I had no one whose door I could knock on 40 years ago when I became a believer in Jesus. But I wish I had had this information, Keenan. So we're making the brand new book, the four CD teaching series, available for an investment of $45. And I, and I have to tell you, the word investment is the operative word. He who wins souls is wise. Kenan, would you pray a prayer of deliverance and breakthrough right now? Father, in the name of your son, Yeshua, in Jesus' name, we come to you now. I thank you that those who are listening now are being set free by the power of God. In fact, Lord, even while I'm praying, I see that angels of God are literally flying to the locations of your people all over the world, those listening to minister deliverance. I see angels taking swords of depression out of people. Oh, my God. I see angels taking swords of cancer, swords of diabetes that the enemy, through his demonic agents, have placed in believers. He's dislodging them now. Right now, whatever you need, just receive it. God, I thank you for an anointing for deliverance and breakthrough over your people, that their lives will never be the same, and that from this day on, they will walk in their callings as kings and priests for Jesus.
Amen. That means so be it. To place a credit card order for today's offer, call anytime at 1 800 447 2697. That's 1 800 447 2697. Or log on to our website at www.sidroth.org to hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural. Visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Discover how you can begin watching for free our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV network, ISN, the It's Supernatural Network. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.